0: Oh my! No, my! Hi there, And welcome, welcome to two to, to podcasts podcast with your host, Fine! And Grave Kilda! Kilda Farno. it's good to be back. Good to be back. It's good to be able to sit next to my co host right here. And Fano, we've got a gem for you today. Mm.
1: Yes, we do. And he's also a part of the same uh, realm, you would say. He's in the same podcast circle as we are, or rather, we are honored to be on the same podcast circle as him. This man allowed us the honour and privilege to jump onto his platform, and now we've returned the favour by putting him on ours. And we got to say, uh, this yarn I think we're about to have is going to be a good one. So I guess we'll just run through who this man is, who this fine gentleman is. Um, usually we have a list of names, but uh, this time round I've only just learnt what his actual name is. <laughs> so AJ, a.k.a. Uh, the uh, host and owner, founder, <laughs> CEO of 827 Collection Podcast, and his full name, Arona Isaiah Ngari. They've got it. Oosh, Arona Isaiah Ngari. What a beautiful name, bro. Um, yeah, without any further um, delay, welcome to the forum. AJ from 827 Collection Podcast.
2: killed how you feeling? How right, you feeling? Fuck, after that introduction, good AJ. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had more, more energy like you guys in my introduction. Oh, okay.
1: It's all good, bro. It's all good. We just like to um, feel the vibe whenever a guest comes on, bro. Hard, that's,
2: bro. Yeah, but now that, that's pretty vibey, here yeah, for introduction. <coughs> oh, thank. That's vibey, here, bro. bro. Yo, Kiorana,
0: our beautiful cookie. Jesus, Kiorana,
2: everybody. Yeah, well, <laughs> my bro, we're just gonna give you the space here. Uh, introduce the listeners to who you are. Uh, hey, guys. Um, my name, like the bro said, uh, is Arun Aza and Yadi. Um, I go by the name AJ here in New Zealand. Uh, in Raro I don't <laughs> <laughs> I go by I and not um, Just to make it easier for everyone to say it over here mm. my, my name's AJ Yeah, born and raised in the 682 For those of you who don't know that That's um, the beautiful Cook Islands I uh, moved over to Hamilton Beginning of last year To go to uni and stuff um, But I'm not not that interesting Outside, outside, of, outside the, the 87 collection um, Something that I started earlier in the year I started it during COVID, so that um, I just just so I can have something to do. Mm. Um, other than that, got a mum and dad, three sisters, no brothers. Uh, some people say I'm feminine; they don't know what they're not talking about. <laughs> <laughs> just to put the record straight,
1: <laughs> nah, killed her, bro, killed her. Um, I uh, I actually want to dive in, bro, into a little bit of. Perhaps a controversial, meaningful corridor first, which we don't usually do to start with. But um, your name, brother, um, Arona Isaiah, um, it's a it's a biblical name, eh?
2: Uh it is. They do have um, they are biblical. Uh huh. Um, Aruna is uh Aruna is sort of biblical. It's derived from Aaron. Mm. So in the Bible, in the Maori, oh, Cook Island Maori, the where the name Aaron is Arona. So my name is just. Just the back part of it, just Aruna. Isaiah, um, <laughs> Isaiah is a Bible name, but um, my dad's family name is also Isaiah. So whether or not they name me because of my family name mm. or because from the Bible, um, I'd have to ask them sometime. Mm.
1: Nah, cool bro. Um the name the name Arona bro is quite a beautiful name, but over in, in here in NZ um you're known as AJ. Mm. Kia chie, bro. And was that just because to make things easier or because it f- sounds like
2: equally as cool as Arona <laughs> Isaiah or Nah, no way. Um when I moved over to New Zealand, I kinda recognised that I was symbolized to myself that I was going out on my own. Mm. So my name is AJ because my dad's name is Aruna as well. So Aruna Jr. makes AJ. Um, I feel like my dad, he's the longest serving public servant in Cook Island government history. Mm. 30 years, I think he's coming on to 30 years. He's 61, and the amount of recognition that he's had in that amount of time, he's worked as a public servant for 40 years, the amount of recognition that he has isn't like up to standard As some people who Maybe done less And served less time mm. Like there's no offence To all the Cook Island public services servants Out there So what I wanted to do Was like Build my own legacy Because my dad has a legacy That should be um, You know Should be looked at more By uh, People from the Cook Islands And people from the Pacific Yeah I feel like That name Aruna Should fall on him And only him By using AJ Allows me to Form my own path in life mm. And to like Build my own legacy Because I don't want to be Oh Aruna Aruna's son, mm. yeah, yeah. I want to be AJ Aruna's son. Oh. So like, it kind of like separates myself from like all the good stuff that my dad has done. Because I want him to get his own recognition, name mm. and I want to get my own for myself. Cool, bro. That's such a different avenue to what um probably both of us are used to hearing. And
1: know at least for me, yeah. um, usually with Maori names, I've got a lot of fun, and with a lot of long Maori names, they get butchered, so they um they shorten it just mm. because it's easier. But um to hear that. To so hear that um, the respect you have for you not only your your father's legacy, yeah. but for the ambition to have your own, bro, that's a really really
0: cool insight. Well, could you please highlight to us that are unaware of your father's doing what he did in the Cook Islands as a public servant?
2: Um, so my dad is the director of the Cook Islands um, Meteorological Office, okay. so the med service. Uh, he's okay. been doing that job for uh, I think close to forty years, but Raro was. Uh, Every year Rara is hit by cyclones Most of the times it's not that bad 2005 we got hit with uh, five cyclones in a row I I can't confirm the casualties but it wasn't high And like the amount of respect and admiration And like just the amount of recognition that um, the Met Service got For like giving warnings out um, Ensuring that people like didn't die you know And and we were given ample time to, to ready themselves Like mm. it wasn't really acknowledged um, Everyone just remembers it as So how a cyclone goes there in categories um, Category 1 is the weakest Category 5 is the strongest In the space of like 9 or 10 months Rari got hit with 5 5 Category 5 cyclones And the amount of work that I feel like my dad did Through that whole cyclone There's no electricity It just rain, thunder Um Heavy as wind, 250 kilometres an hour Uh, My dad wasn't home the whole time He was at work Yeah Because he had to put out alarms, warning systems and stuff And yeah, I feel like he doesn't get enough recognition for that But yeah, that's some of the stuff he did Um, He used to represent the whole of the Pacific Including New Zealand On the, in Geneva At like the Wow um, This thing called the WMO So the Mm. World Meteorological Office Yeah, 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 bro so he was a representative for the whole of the Pacific for a good 10 15 years so he traveled so much he like he he's still traveling today he leaves for Portugal like in a couple of weeks <laughs> just for like um like meetings he's been he's been like really involved in like climate change stuff yeah but yeah j- just setting up like weather stations weather warning systems um developing them so that like people in no remote areas can get the same amount of warnings and stuff. I feel it's unrecognized, uh, but yeah, that, that that's just some of the stuff. But yeah,
1: I I I so agree with that, bro. That at times, med services is unrecognized, especially after um like natural. I don't want to say disasters, but like natural occurrences yeah. that heavily affect heavily affect uh, an area, bro. Like, I mean. Fuck, what do you do when you what what do we usually do after like a, a tornado or a hurricane happens? Yeah, just yeah. oh shucks we made it? Sweet, is everyone else okay? But like no one no one really acknowledges um those who flick out the warnings, mm. give advice, blah blah blah. Not not on a actually, big scale.
0: Actually, the only time that they recognize them is when they get it wrong. Yes. <laughs> bro, That's the only exactly. time. That's facts, man. Which is which is quite upsetting, even though we may not suffer many um, natural disasters per se, but whenever they get it wrong yeah. They are drilled for it everywhere, and yeah, we, we just need to recognise the the efforts that they do because, what they get it wrong what for one out of every hundred times, let's yeah. say.
2: One, once every forty years. Yeah. Say
1: that. Yeah, bro. Bro, it's, yeah. Shout out to your papa, bro, doing the doing the good Mahi for the communities. That's mean. Um and I, I imagine it's not the easiest job to be looking out for people, especially um predicting and giving warning for five category fives, bro.
2: Yeah. Rough. Were you over in Raro when that happened? Yeah, I was. So it was myself, my three sisters and my mum. And yeah, my dad was like just just at work. Yeah. And, yeah. So my dad's work is right right on the on the coast mm. and the waves and the wind just battered them. Oh. So I'm gonna be honest, cyclones are like the grossest thing ever. It's like dark, it feels like a massive ass sleepover. And you know the comfort you get like when it's raining and like you're just sleeping and cuddling. Yeah, that's all I got, bro <laughs> I was so good eh? <laughs> <laughs> you get like eight months, you had about like maybe nineteen weeks of school. Fuck. Off of school Oh babe. I was living the life Bliss <laughs> Yeah bliss oh, well, well with you highlighting All the significant
0: uh, Achievements that your father has uh, It's understandable Why you want to Distinguish yourself from him Yeah But do you Have you ever found it Very difficult to live up To the name that
2: your father <laughs> Has already set uh, In Rara yeah um, In New Zealand not so much um, So Apart from being like Met Office Mid service and stuff Direct and stuff My dad was A pretty decent footy player In his time You know uh, he, Apparently he was quick And By all these old people Who like Oh yo, I don't know You'll never be as fast As your dad <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm faster than you Fatty <laughs> But nah no, Yeah Probably in terms of in, in terms of like Footy and stuff I always get shit for that day. Uh, I get I get burned for that all the time, man. Sharks. <laughs> oh mate. Oh yeah.
1: So yeah, but I mean, like, uh as I as I hear, you're not too bad of a footy
2: player yourself. Oh, bro. I wouldn't say that. Or not on camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, not officially. I wouldn't say that. Um. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not the best, but I'm not the worst either. I. Uh, fun fact: I didn't play a single game of rugby, proper rugby, single season until I turned eighteen. Wow! Um, so from the years of zero to eight to seventeen, I played maybe five rugby games all up, maybe even less. Uh, I, I love the game. I loved watching the game when I was growing up, but I was never pushed by my parents into into playing. Mm. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say I'm the best. Day, eh? I wouldn't say I'm decent either. Not on camera, but... Not on camera. <laughs> <laughs> humble, humble. I'm, uh, I th- that's out of it, is because you, 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 you love the game now, eh? Oh, but I love it, man. Um, It's one of my passions. I'll admit that right now, yeah. What yeah. made
0: you want to switch from not playing too often to it being uh, um, a
2: core factor of your life? <laughs> so, when I, I was raised um, in the church, uh, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. Mm. From zero to seventeen, um... So Jehovah's Witnesses They <coughs> don't encourage um, Their kids to <coughs> Play competitive sports mm. They preach that um, God, is not, God is partial God doesn't choose sides uh, God is slow to anger and stuff And those are kind of Traits that you see in sports mm. And in particular combat sports um, You know You get angry You get riled up um, You're always wanting to win You're always choosing sides to win When you're watching uh, So So my mother especially, she, uh, oh no, yeah, both my parents, Um, they kind of like, shielded me away from footy. But when I was 18, oh man, I'm going to be honest, uh, <laughs> um, I just went down just just to get back at this guy who was from this village and I wanted just to just kill the cunt. <laughs> no not kill him Like I just wanted to like Oh man I'm going to make it hurt so bad Yeah yeah Because the village right. they come from Is like They were winning everything before Yeah I'm like Nah you yeah, in that streak Yeah i in that streak And then I hit up one of my mates And um He's one of my closest mates now And he goes Oh you come down And uh Yeah that, that, that's how my footy journey started So I'm pretty fresh to So eh? Um To see how far I've come Like being fresh from it Uh no, I, I, it's it's a pretty decent journey for the time being.
1: Ah, mean bro, and um, just just for the uh, record,er did the, the streak end when you joined rugby? Negative. Oh.
2: It did not end. It went for another three years after I left too.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh well, you got to start somewhere, Finder. Eh? You got to start somewhere.
2: So uh,
0: where do you play currently? Where do you play? Or who do you play for?
2: Uh, currently playing for Hamilton Maris. Uh, we just wrapped up our twenty one season, um, undefeated two years in a row. Uh, we have Shut a team up. song at the end. We always sing "Undefeated, fuck the east, uh, fuck the east." No. <laughs> nice. But um, yeah, just wrapped it up. So Hamilton Maris twenty ones. Uh, probably go back to Maris again next year. mean, I mean, uh, you're currently recovering, eh? Uh, yeah, so grand final, I did my – I'd hyperextend my knee. The grand final, like th- six minutes in, uh, ended up playing the whole first half. Probably wasn't the wisest thing. Um, so, yeah, just recovering every day, taking it day by day.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. One one brick at a time, eh? One yeah. brick at a time, that's the way.
2: You highlighted it when you were
0: talking about um, what made you go from not playing rugby to – To playing rugby um, a lot of us are not really exposed to Jehovah's Witnesses (laughs) unless they knock on our door and then some people close the door on them whilst they're talking (laughs) Mm. um can you can you please expose us to
2: what the lifestyle was like as a Jehovah's Witness to people that don't understand it um life as a Jehovah's Witness is it's tough eh it's tough especially if you're young you get shielded away from a lot of the stuff that uh, people outside of the church might be doing And you do kind of feel left out um, Stuff like sports um, Community stuff uh, Sometimes culture stuff You, you kind of feel like um, You know, you're on the margins of society a, As a Jehovah's Witness Especially as a young Jehovah's Witness You feel you're you always want to fit in mm. like that, That's just human nature That you want to fit into something But, you know, being raised like that shielding you away from these things uh, when you get older you kind of appreciate it like when like sometimes you when you get older and like you you go move away from your parents you start indulging in the stuff that you never could when you were younger and like stuff like drinking smoking sex um what are gambling stuff like that um when you start when you do start indulging in it like you kind of realize that they were your parents and like the church kind of Shielded you away Due to the fact that You know These things can hurt you And like You Yeah like It's a tough world to live in So I think you You become grateful For it when you're older But when you're younger You kind of feel like Fuck I'm getting left out Of everything and shit So I'm definitely grateful For that background of mine um, To have been raised As Jehovah's Witness And I think it's from my understanding That in In the
0: church Of the Jehovah's Witness There's some interesting Like corridor that you have to abide by Like
2: is it that you like, why are you not allowed to get a uh, blood transfusion and all that? Oh, that's a tough one. Blood transfusion. Wow, oh. my my knowledge on blood transfusion in the church isn't isn't sharp at all. So I could do like research for you. Um, I know, like one thing that Jehovah's Witnesses always say when you can't, when they can't answer something is that the Bible says that God says, "Don't trust on the understanding of men." So. That's what I'll kind of tell you now. I'm not going to trust in my understanding to explain this. Uh, I could like research it for you and tell you, but right here, right now, I couldn't tell you.
0: Oh, well, thank you anyway. Um, is there any other interesting aspects of the Jehovah's Witness life that doesn't really
2: get communicated to the rest of the <laughs> society? Um, Yeah, yeah, there, there's a lot, but you, you'd have to experience it for yourself. Um, I, know, <laughs> I know there's one that, Everyone get everyone who's raised Jehovah's Witness gets crap about it's um, birthdays. Uh don't celebrate birthdays, don't celebrate Christmas. I uh, used to feel left out when I was younger. I, on my sixth birthday, my mother my mother took me out. She my mum always made sure that um our birthdays were like pretty special. So like she'd take us out to a cafe or something. Um not in celebration of oh, it's your birthday. Uh in celebration of like, oh, look how far you've come in a year. Uh, look at you growing as a person, um, growing like just growing. And I think she she told me when I turned six, she goes, "Don't d- make sure you don't feel like this. Um, just on your birthday, make sure like every day could be your birthday. Mm-hmm. Just like appreciate every single day. Don't just wait for your birthday and then oh fuck, dude, Appre- appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You know, just do it every day. I and mean, yeah, that, that's how I found it." And you highlighted it as well When you are talking about the cultural clashes
0: um, What are some highlights that you can tell us When your religious mm.
2: perspectives And your cultural perspectives clashed? I think the biggest one is um, We have this thing called Temaivunui in Raro It's a constitution So it's a celebration of um, When uh, the Cook Islands became self-governed uh, That was 1965 I'm pretty sure And like People who are raised Jehovah's Witnesses are always pushed away from um, Like celebrating stuff that celebrates the government Because like, you know, they Jehovah's Witnesses believe that um, Like their government, the people who govern them Is like Jesus' government So they don't really like, um, like partake in stuff like that Like dancing for the government, celebration of self-governance and stuff Of man-made governments So um, yeah, just being left out of that—that that was kind of a culture like cl- uh, cultural clash, but yeah.
1: Hmm. Um. <laughs> sorry, I was I was busy. Um. But confirm- t- t- tell
2: me if I'm waffling, bro. No,
1: no, that's good. I was uh, sorry. I was um, busy trying to confirm one of my research things on you, bro. Um. I wanna I wanna slip back a few years ago, probably near the beginning of COVID, brother. Mm. Do you remember? Um. Uh. One second. Uh, an organization. Do you remember an organization called Sustainable Oceania Solutions? Oceania Solutions. Sustainable nah, no, I don't. You don't? Okay, copy. Well
2: in that case Oh no! Nah, I think I do. It's <laughs> an interview of me, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, but, of an eighteen-year-old,
1: nah, of an eighteen-year-old um, Arona Isaiah, and a roll a ni- the fucking intro. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> and the nineteen-year-old Tiana Hexton. Oh, man, I'll put the I'll put the video clip here. Bang. It'll just be here. You watch it, whatever. Um, but yeah, bro. So you were uh, by the looks of it. Doing a COVID nineteen update, bro. <laughs> so I, uh, I just wanna, I wanna know, bro. Is this where your love for media started coming through, brother?
2: Nah, <laughs> fuck. God, bro. <laughs> I forgot about that video. <laughs> I, I always flex it to my missus hey because like I sound smart, isn't it? I was <laughs> like, check this, watch this, watch this. But oh nah I do, I do remember that. So uh, at the end of my year thirteen in Rarotonga. Uh. I really got into podcasting. I was watching uh, Impulsive by Logan Paul. Oh, yes. That's a good um, one. one. Number two podcast in the world after 230.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh cheers, bro.
2: I, I was watching Logan Paul heaps and I wanted to get into podcasting. Mm. So I went to this place called um, Cook Island Television in Raro, but they run a radio station. Mm. Called uh, Radio Cook Islands And I went there to Like ask if I could have A radio job So I can like Do my own show like this And I ended up Getting a job On the Cook Island News So television news So I was fresh out of school um, I had a decent enough Reason made to get in there Uh, So my job was to Produce Shoot Present um, Two shows Two sports shows And to help with The local news So when COVID hit, I started helping out a lot with the news because there was no sport going around. I started to help a lot with the local news and uh, the sustainable, like, their thing, the, their organisation. Uh. They wanted to ask um, young people in the Pacific, from different islands in the Pacific, what uh, how they were finding COVID. And yeah, luckily me and Tiana were picked. <laughs> uh, but you watched that video, but half the time I didn't even know I'm talking about it. <laughs> nah, yeah. it's um it's crack up face because uh, I- that's what I'm talking about like uh, GDP per capita and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you your um your look bro was just dead. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. It's that black, oh my, that, black know, shirt, it that
2: black shirt their black shirt and yeah. their
0: flower.
1: <laughs> uh. Nah I'm mean bro. Um that's actually cool to see because um, how we were conversing last week, it uh, didn't seem like you were in the podcast round for too long. But now that I know you've been in front of cameras and on TV, nah, bro, we are Ooh. actually <laughs> in the
0: presence of media greatness. Nah. I'm an alumni. An alumni. <laughs> A well established member. Kia ora. And none other than the finest oh, news reporter man. from the
2: Cook Islands. Mm, wow. Mm,
1: mm, mm. This is TV One News of Arona Isaiah. Oh, mate. Good evening and welcome.
2: <laughs> Before COVID here, I we was supposed to do like an internship from there at, <gasps> at um, TVNZ. True. Oh. Well, I was so excited, eh? and then like the week I was leaving, um, they closed the borders. Mm. Uh, I was t- gutted, so I started doing interviews like that. <laughs>
1: Crack. Would oh, you go back? Nah. Nah? no anyway, nah.
2: Really? Uh, not for the wage they were paying me. Oh, true. Ah. Yeah, but oh, You see those jobs, like producer, editor jobs. They'll give you, like, 70k a year as starting rate. Yeah. You're getting 10 bucks an hour in Raro. <laughs> 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 Thank God my father wasn't uh, making me pay rent. <laughs> so I'd have nothing left. Shout out to Oro Nasi. <laughs> ah, Hicks. My, my yeah, good count there. Good count for not making me pay rent that year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What are some of your um, highlights or some of your memorable achievements that you did? whilst you were a news reporter, bro.
2: <laughs> or any funny stories during those days? Oh, bro. Um. Oh, I, I I edited this one video. Uh. If you show it to to any editor, I hope they laugh at it. It was like, uh, so I I shot the show that they played at like seven o'clock. Oh no, f- five o'clock. Five o'clock every Wednesday. It was called the oh timeout. It was called timeout and. That show, i just go, like, around and do, like, uh, length videos of um, sports happening in the community. Mm. <laughs> and I did this. These kids had, like, a ripper tournament. Uh, and my, my boss at the time, she always gave me shit for, like, not editing properly. Yeah. Because, fuck, man. I, I hate listening and watching through shit that, like, I've shot <laughs> or, like, recorded. I'm like, oh, but I don't <laughs> want to do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... So, like, the next week, like, she was on my back. oh, you got to edit better, you got to edit better. Uh. I was like, I'm not an editor, but I'll try. The next week, I was pretty angry about it. I went and shot this um, tag competition, this Oz tag competition for the kids. And, um, you know, like, it's like those videos where, like, the memes come up. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, this happened, and then, <laughs> <laughs> wah, It was, like, videos like that. <laughs> and I I shot it, I edited it, and I put that on TV, <laughs> eh? And, bro... Everyone who watched it liked it. eh? My boss hated it, and I <laughs> oh, loved it, man. So you, you memed... Like, I was you like, meme- bro, this is art, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> so you memed up national
1: TV Yeah, out. bro. Oh, that's goat. Gosh.
2: I did it once, oh. never again. Fuck,
0: oh, Was that...
1: Okay, was that your last day working there?
0: Nah, it wasn't, eh? Oh, oh, it
2: wasn't. God. What were some of the meme sounds that you put in? Oh, bro, I had like... Five minutes later. Or, <laughs> or, or like the or expectation versus reality ones. <laughs> I nice actually have those. Oh, f- ah, There's some other ones in it. If I could... Oh, you might be able to find it on Facebook, eh? Is it... Did you have sounds like... Oh, yeah. Nah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I <like>, did, eh? <laughs> oh, sh- if he did, he
0: would have got fired. I would
2: have got a medal. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in the news and stuff... Mm, so the news works closely with the government mm. in Raro. So what I wanted to study when I came to uni was sociology and English, especially sociology, because I felt like the need in Raro was to have like, a sociologist to work alongside Tourism Cook Islands. That's our biggest uh, industry, tourism. So I felt like a sociologist would have been something something beneficial for the Cook Islands to have. Mm. So I took that as an opportunity when I like got thrust into working in the news to like um, to figure out how the government functions, and yeah, I was lucky enough to um, interview, you know, uh, ministers of parliament, uh, sat in interviews with the uh, prime ministers, um, yeah, like heads of ministries, and you kind of like uh, suss the government out from that, suss how everything works, and it gives you a fair idea of like how so- why society in Raro or in the Cook Islands like functions the way that it does. And, yeah, that, that's probably the major thing that I took away from um, from working at uh, CITV. Mm. Shout out to Greg Parker, bro. He was this old kid I used to work with. He was from Oz. Oh, dirtiest fella you'll ever <laughs> meet in your life. <laughs> and, like, what way, bro? Was he just unfiltered as? <laughs> yeah, he was uh, bro, He was unfiltered to the death, man. <laughs> I, he's so He's got, like, a dodgy Australian nose. <laughs> so it's massive as. And he goes, ow, we- Women love me because I can breathe through my nose. I was like, what? But he, but he used to tell me the most like unfiltered stuff ever, man. It was like borderline dodgy. I was like, fuck, what are you on about me? He goes, oh, I got, I got married at 21 from Orange County, New South Wales. Oh, I wish I'd punched that bitch in the head. I was like, what? <laughs> That's your ex-wife, man. But we don't promote
0: domestic violence yeah, on our podcast. Yeah, not so the <laughs> I, I Don't promote that. Greg, stop that. But Oh, man. This, he, this is all just for comedic relief. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he told me some <gasps> ratchet stuff in the time that we were together. He told me this one time he had a dream that um, there was this lady who had taken him to court. And he goes, oh, I was at the tourism awards last night. And I'm pretty sure the lady that um, I'm talking to come... I'm pretty sure she kissed me And said Come home with me Oh, I said I don't think so bro <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she said that He's like Oh it must have been the dream I was like What This old fucking piss head bro Fucking <laughs>
0: okay. What was his name again
2: Greg Parker
0: oh. Fuck your yeah, Uncle Greg, bro. <laughs> Uncle
1: Greg, brother, we don't all have the magic nose. I <laughs> <laughs> but, but to you for being able to breathe. Oh, that's, a,
0: that's a TK Moody order kind of oh nose, God, eh? Bro.
1: God, Good Lord, have mercy. Oh. My
0: bro, <laughs> oh, sorry, No, you go. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, I just have one quick part for you, my bro, because uh. it's, it's really prevalent nowadays. A lot of people are really worried about media and news outlets because they always put out... Fake news. Ah, you took my question. Shame. Um, and it's, this is really prevalent since 2016 with um, yeah. the the US yeah. uh, elections at the time. And I was wondering, did you did you ever face any scrutiny from the public or from your peers with like regards to putting out fake news or and un, un, unestablished facts?
2: Uh I did personally. I did. Um, I was trying to make fake news. I'm gonna be honest. Like, I, I was trying to be as controversial as possible. You know, that's what gets people like looking at your stories on Facebook or listening to the news. Hey, straight up, I'll tell you right now, it goes to your head the power, the power to control the narrative. But straight up, yeah, you'll be sitting there and you'll be like, fuck, how, how can I make this like mundane story like controversial? Like a sheep walks over paddock. Yeah. And you can, sheep walks over dead bodies in the paddock Fuck. that nobody knew was there. Nobody can find again. All you have to do is add that word allegedly. Yeah, and yeah. And then it's all over. It's yeah, bro. all over. I had this one story where this um this kid has cut his hair. Oh, he'd been forced to cut his hair. Um, His parents wanted a... So in, in the Cook Islands, they leave their hair out to grow and then they have a hair cutting ceremony and his parents wanted to leave him. But the government in Australia um, made him cut it. They cut it for him at school mm. and they took him to court. And then I interviewed this old guy, this guy who, who I knew was going to say, like, something controversial. I interviewed him on purpose, and he said, cutting hair wasn't like a Cook Island thing and stuff. Mm. Uh, w- whether it is or not, each to their own. But when he said that, I knew how to story. Eh? So I paid it with that story, and then, like, I, we put it on the news. Uh, most of the controversial stuff and feedback done from Facebook. Yeah. So <laughs> most of the Cook Island news stories, they get, like, Maybe tw- 20 reacts, 20 views, 20 likes. That one got like 2,000. Cool. Know, everyone was reacting to it. Everyone was commenting on it, and it felt good, eh? Yeah. So I have to have done a controversial story, but then I didn't do it again because I felt bad, eh? Yeah, that's, that's very <laughs> I felt dangerous, dangerous territory, yeah. bro. That's why I made a podcast so I can control narratives. <laughs> <laughs> you only have to answer to yourself, Yeah, bro.
1: bro. <laughs> um, While carrying on from the uh, controversy, bro, I want to know... Uh, how
2: heavily influenced is the media by the government um <laughs> it is heavily influenced by yeah um the media usually pushes the government's narrative yeah um but the the government's narrative is also um dependent oh so what the media puts out depends on what the government and the opposition is willing to give so if you ask the go- so some say something bad happened and, like, the government is, like... The public can see it. The public want a voice. The media can't just go and interview the government, you know? They can't just make a story about it because you deal would just be defamation of character. Yeah. But the media can reach out, and the the government or the opposition can decline. They can say no. So whether or not the media is being influenced by the government... It's dependent on how much the government and the opposition is willing to give. Yeah, you watch the TV, the people who want interviews is always opposition. So New Zealand be the national party, always national act. They're always looking when something bad happens to the government, they always have something to say.
1: Mm.
2: But if something bad happens to the government, Labour never has something to say. That's because, like, that's how the government controls it. But I feel like the media is just, well, mate, mate. Mm, Maybe in smaller countries, the media isn't influenced as much. I, I know in Raro, like to, to an extent, the media was only influenced by what people were willing to tell them. Yeah. So they were kind of just <coughs> acting as a voice. The TV station I worked for, they were pretty partial. They weren't really that controversial. Cool. Um, they kind of got... try to get both sides, and mm. if one side didn't want to um, answer, they'd scrap the story. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That, yeah. The government has, has some fingers in there, to some extent. Uh... But, but not as much as people might think.
1: Does, oh, during your time in media, bro, mm. did the powers that be ever tell you not to talk about a story? Or to label something that is true... False? False, yeah. Nah, nah, oh, I didn't.
2: Nah, 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 nah they didn't. Oh, honest days work. Mm. Honest days yeah. are <clears> killed. <throat> um, maybe they told the other reporters, but they definitely didn't tell me. Mm. I'm going to be honest I was a piss take At, at that job <laughs> I'd rock up at like Nine o'clock You know well, my starts at eight <laughs> no, oh, I, didn't, I didn't even shower I just like You know Just wake up Go and Shoot my stuff Do my job Go home Yeah A bare minimum bro that, That's the kind of guy I am
1: <laughs> Well that's a great segue
2: Into brown excellence
1: it, bro? <laughs> <laughs> No no No
0: no Continuing with brown excellence
2: <laughs> is, Does ratings really matter mm. Ratings Yeah uh, maybe maybe on bigger bigger um what is it called bigger channels bigger bigger companies like TVNZ and stuff mm. like multi television and whatnot. But not around we had one TV station. Uh, oh, we had two TV stations, but the one that I worked for was the national one. Mm. So if you wanted to put something on TV, so channel one, um, it pretty much went through them. Uh, everyone was watching it. You know, uh, ratings does drop because like you introduce stuff like Sky. If you have like internet power, um, we had this thing called Vuka TV. That's mm. the second channel. Um, it didn't really have as much. It, it was just a satellite channel. So the the company that I worked for, CITV, they, they were the main ones. So ratings didn't really matter. Um, maybe big, bigger corporations, CNN, Fox, and stuff. It matters, but definitely not
0: well, let's talk about something that really does matter to all of us. Brown excellence, brother. Mm. Mm. You talked about mm. it on your episode, which we'll
2: plug here. Bang. Brother, in your eyes, what is brown excellence? Uh, to me, brown excellence is different for everybody. Brown excellence is success in however you view success. or Not, not even brown excellence. Just excellence. Excellence is if how you view su- success. And if you think that you are successful, then you are successful. The brown excellence part comes with voicing it, like "fuck, I made it." Now listen to this, you know, it's that's your voice, um, talking about your success, exposing your success, putting it out there so that other people might be inspired to, you know, to create their own brown success Mm. or or success. That's brown excellence to me and inspiration. Yeah.
1: Dang, that's cool That's cool bro It's almost like um, The the old saying Don't go where the path may follow But make your own path And leave a trail yeah. When it comes to power and excellence um, As you say Exposing yourself Maybe letting others know That are looking for that success That it's possible mm. eh? Yeah bro, that's on Um uh, we like to delve deep, uh, delve. We like to dive deep into <laughs> the success stories of our guests from time to time, and I think uh, it'd be really cool to have a different view of success on our podcast. A lot of our stuff has been majority, uh, majority, uh, Māori success or uni- university educational success, yep. but outside of that scope, bro, what are some of your greatest moments? And I don't mean like like greatest as in the rank of mm. excellence that you've hit, but the most meaningful moments to you when it comes to succeeding as a, not even as a brown
2: person, bro, just as a human being. Mm. I feel like my number one, oh, bro, <laughs> that Miss Max Pie from the Deer is nice. Dude. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, pardon me. Uh, my number one would be the moment that I realized that. Over everything else Peace and happiness Mm. That's the moment I knew Like I was gonna succeed Like in whatever I did Like fuck I always put uh, For me it used to just be happiness Mm. But uh, I had a talk with um, one of the bros And he really put me onto peace uh, Having peace of mind and stuff When I like I always knew like everyone always knows Oh peace and happiness, peace and happiness That's what you strive for but as soon as I understood it, that, like, peace and happiness over everything, over money, over views, over likes, over a university degree, over everything, peace and happiness, that's what makes a good life, you know? And for me, Brown Success felt like when I understood that peace and happiness was, like, was like the thing to follow was, like, the motto to chase after in life, the thing to chase in life. That is the moment that I knew Oh fuck I'm going to share this with the world And you're going to learn what brown excellence is mm. You're going to learn that brown excellence is not Fucking having a university degree mm. Not like working a 9 to 5 forever And saving up so you can buy a house when you're 50 Brown excellence is that Wherever you are in life Happiness and success is what's going to make you succeed mm. Well that, that's what I felt like it was for me mm. uh, My other one was um, Starting the eighty seven collection For me the 827 co- Oh, so when I started it, I wrote down that I want to tell stories, whether it be mine, whether it be someone else's. Uh, I just want to tell stories. It's, it's in my blood. It's in your blood. It's in your blood. It's in everybody's blood to tell stories. Mm. And especially brown people, you know. We come from, like, a line of people that in our blood and running through our veins is, you know, thousands of years of um, oral oral speakers, you know, storytellers. You know, we we had all this information from our tipuna and stuff um, passed down to us through telling stories. So it means that it's only natural to us brown people to also tell stories. So that's what I wanted to do with the eighty seven Collection was to take my story, tell it. Take another brown person's story, tell it. Take an Asian fellow's story, tell it. You know, take anyone's story, tell it. Because it's in my veins. Mm. It's in my blood. It's all like, you know. It's what comes natural to us. So, in terms of brown excellence, the eighty-seven collection, and realizing what peace and happiness was, um, that's what it meant for me.
1: Mean, bro. Yeah. Mean. Um, I like. I like the motto "peace and happiness." Um, it's a little more complicated than it is. Yeah. Like it's easy to it's easy to hear those yeah. words, but it's a lot harder to understand the meaning. Yeah. To comprehend it is a whole different story. Mm. Yeah. Um, I got a couple of questions, bro. Can you be peace Can you have peace Without happiness
2: Um Yeah Yeah you definitely can I think you can Um You can have peace by itself I don't know if you can be happy Without being peaceful though That was my next question Yeah Um Yeah you can be peaceful By yourself But then Fuck There's Why do you want to spend Your whole life Being peaceful And boring Like Let's be honest Like peace is boring sometimes You know That's why anarchists are born Because it's fucking boring Because it's peaceful If you're happy as well You take that boredom away You know And it it allows you to Balance out your life Mm. Because I know (laughs) I know Chasing happiness Is much harder than chasing peace You know Chasing happiness is hard It's draining You know You're always trying to like Oh fuck If I read this book You know And do this shit And do this And do this Like It's draining But if you pair that with peace When you're like Oh I've read this book now let me sit down and think about it. Mm. I've what? Oh, i just done this, and then, oh, let me s- sit down and like analyze it, write it down, think about it. You know, when you get to that like um, that point in life where it's balanced, then like peace and happiness becomes one. You know, um, so yeah, you can have peace by itself, but it's much better with happiness. Mm. So it sounds like you just do a lot of deep reflection upon
0: everything that you do. Is that correct?
2: Oh, that's what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> 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 Uh, I do, I, I do try to I try my best to um, Yeah, that's for effort I, tr- I really do try to um, think about everything that I do Everything that I um, consume I, I try and think about it um, Sometimes life gets in the way and you're like Oh fuck I can't be asked, Or like I can't do it And you're like just, the shit runs through your head too fast And you forget about it sometimes But um, yeah, I, I really do try
0: what are some uh, avenues that you take to reflect
2: on your perspectives on things? Um, writing. Writing is my is my top one. Um, it's got to be pen to paper, and it's always got to be black pen. Black pen to any paper. At the end of every day, I try to – I have this massive-ass journal. I've got three journals. I don't know why I don't use uh, – I've got four, actually. I don't use three of them. I use one um, – So after every day, whatever I'm feeling, however I'm feeling, I'll write it down. And um, like the next day, like when I get back from work or whatever I'm doing, usually in the afternoon, I'll read it and I'll be like, oh, tomorrow, um, this is what I'm going to do to make sure this doesn't happen again. And then the next day, if I haven't made the changes, I'll read it again, write it down again. If I haven't made it, write something new if if something else has happened, how I'm feeling. And then it's just like every day is a day where you're trying to get better. You know what, Why would you waste a day As a human being Here on earth Not trying to get better Not mm. trying to better yourself So definitely Journal writing is one um, Podcast Podcast Listening to people That I want to Like Be like um, They always say That you are An imitation of The eight closest people You hang out with um, And if the eight closest people Are rubbish You'll be rubbish The eight closest people Are wise You'll be wise You know as old as time So I try to listen to people That will elevate me um, And books You know Books will open up A whole new world for you Especially uh, I used to read a lot of novels And stuff But recently I've Gone a lot into Self help books um, I'm currently reading The 12 Steps to Life By Jordan Peterson mm, Yeah bro Shout out bro Naja for book G And this other one um, By I've, I've forgotten what it's called Um Tips to success or something? It's by this. Uh, it's r- written ages ago. It's based on this. Follows um, his radio um transcripts, and they put it into a book. It, it's quite good. It's quite revealing. Um, like as a human mm. to think about success. Mean bro. So yeah, reading, writing, um, consuming media, especially podcasts. What's your
1: um? What's your biggest uh Jordan Peterson is quite the quite the man the man when it comes to um, <laughs> self improvement or even um, talks around his uh, the gender equality debates or masculinity mm. and feminism and all that, bro. But from that book, brother, what's uh, your number one takeaway from it? What's the one what, or not even the one thing, but what's some of the advice in that book that you try to embody mm. every day?
2: Uh, when mine was um chapter one, mm. tense. Uh, stand tall, mm. shoulders wide. You know, it's like um, but be be proud of yourself. You know, if you're standing tall, if you're slouching, you know, like you, you will give away to people like oh, this fellow is like uh, he's not really proud of himself. Like like he's kind of embarrassed. He's calling back into his shell. That book, he talks about these prawns that like they open up to to create fear, to create havoc because they're exposing themselves, you know, and, and that's quite scary to other prawns or shrimps, one of the two. Mm. So that that really hit me. I was like, because um, yeah, that really hit me because I was like, bro, just stand tall, stand taller, shoulders wide, like you'll show everyone who the fuck you are. Right? But um, that's probably yeah, that's probably the thing that I took most from there. Is it to be proud On yourself Mean bro Mean
0: So you were talking About it when you Were saying you journal You like listening To podcasts And you like reading Books and all that And a lot of it Was to refer to Yourself emotionally And to to make Yourself better And it's very common In um, society today For men to suppress Their feelings and emotions Mm. Um, Have you found That a lot of your peers and all that Suppress their emotions Or is it just A fallacy
2: that It's been pushed out To um, the public Um. I think for for dudes, it is pretty tough to ex- to um, express their emotions. Uh, I don't. It's probably because of the stigma around what a man should be, and like a lot of us have been raised to to feel that. Oh, we've been painted a certain picture of what what a man should be. You know, the books we've read when we were little, the movies we've um, watched, the media we've consumed has given us this picture of what a man should be, but um, it doesn't really touch on what a man can be. Mm. You know oh. There's other stuff Like A man is not just You know An athlete Or like a movie the, the people that you think When you think about masculine men You know A man can be so much more than that But still be that You know There's so much more to um, Usain Bolt than Fucking running a 958 You know He could be like Well in touch With his Herbal side I know Usain Bolt likes to. <laughs> Um, he could be in touch with his Like family emotionally and stuff So I think the There's been a picture of men That has been painted But The whole picture Hasn't been seen yet mm. There's so much more There's so much more to Not only men But women as well Everybody There's so much more to everybody Than just what You Than just what you think I love the fact
1: that you touched on women as well Because there are lots of conversations Around masculinity And what we think <laughs> It means Yeah but at the same time side of femininity femininity we're going to cut that because that <laughs> that's that's a
2: tough word to say yeah our, our tahawahine, yeah, there, yeah, yeah.
1: there we go there we go our um feminine whānau, there's mm. also a stigma around what that should look like too way eh? mm. but again yeah you're right there is so much more um and in that i think in that respect we do share some similarities or at least have common ground um but uh, one thing I I'd like to ask you, bro. I want to go back to painting the picture. Yeah, painting the picture, bro. Um, I'm, I'm guessing you. I'm going to boldly assume that you were at a point in your time when you realized that perhaps the image that you had at that point wasn't the image that you wanted. Uh or yeah, have you always yeah. have you always just been the the um progressive succeeding man? Nah, that you no are way, today?
2: no way. Uh, I've both. In like the last maybe two years, I've I started to grow like that. Um, just, just to be more proud of myself, you know. Yeah. It, it's uh, when I was younger, it was a bit tough. Like I was bullied quite a bit in primary school, mm. but now that I look back at it now, and the way that I acted, I fucking deserve to be bullied. <laughs> I'm Grateful for it, you know. One of my best mates has been bullied from primary school. Yeah, um, yeah I'm grateful for it. Built character, mm-hmm. you know. Was, am I? Or, yeah, yeah. Over the last few years, I've I've sort of like um, tried to grow towards something better, mm. and um, I guess I'm I'm here right now in this stage of growth. Um, you know, bring on the next.
1: Mm. Mean bro.
0: So my bro, let's transition into another beautiful topic. You was, when you were talking about writing the narrative, mm. and you being a part of a podcast, or even more central, <laughs> the eight to seven collective. Yeah, my baby. bro. So um, just inform our listeners out there what is the 827 Collective and what's the origins and just give us the full breakdown.
2: So um, it's the 827 Collection. Uh, believe it or not you got collected from the email say. Yeah. Um, I have to change that to collection. Uh. So the eight, a- I changed it from um, the 827 Collective to the 827 Collection because uh, it was a collection of stories. That's what I tell people but that's what the reason that I say, but the real reason is because Kaelin um, Pong and them had collective, eh? A. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, ah. Let's switch it up. Uh, they had the 275 collective. Oh. And I was like, oh, 827 collective sounds like a lot like their one. Yeah. But um, I came up with the numbers 827. I was like fiddling around with uh, what the numbers should be, what the name should be. And I fell on 827 because 7 Brokers Avenue, or 7 represents 7 Brokers Avenue. It's the current flat I live in with uh, four, yeah, four of my close mates. Um, they were probably apart from my cousins who I lived with when I first moved to Hamilton. They were probably the first family I had here in New Zealand, um, and one of our other mates he doesn't live with us, but he's still a good friend of mine. Um, they were the first, pretty much, family apart from my cousins that I had in Hamilton. Um, my sister doesn't live in Auckland, that's quite far. But the boys at Seven Brockers Avenue, um, Seven Brockers Avenue became like a family home for me, like a rendezvous point. Like if anything went wrong, that's where I'd go. And I wasn't living with them last year, but I still, like in my head, it was like, bro, that, that's home, that, that's my vantage point, you know? Um, and those boys were my vantage points as well. Yeah, they really helped me fit into, like, New Zealand life and to being independent and to relying on yourself. Um, that's why I really appreciate, love, and, you know, I want nothing I want nothing more than to help them elevate, you know, themselves because, fuck, they've done so much for me. I wish I could, like, give as much back as they have for me. So I, that's why I chose 7 Brockers Avenue, um... Drank there, party there, hung over there, slept on the, ca- on the couch over there every weekend last year for free. So, grateful that's why I put seven in. And the eight and the two came from the, so the Raro's um, postal code is 682. Six eight so, I yeah put the eight and the two at the end and then put seven Brockers Avenue.
0: So my bro, along with uh, your your beautiful podcast, it's not just a podcast. You also have a clothing line out
2: there. Yeah. What what got you interested into doing clothing and such? Um, I'm gonna be honest. It was money. Yeah, bro. <laughs> of course. You can't have a podcast without trying to monetize it some way, unless you're fucking Joe Rogan. You know. Oh. <laughs> he just <laughs> breathes and make money. Uh, um. Yeah. Unless you're you're a big podcast, it's tough to like make money. Mm. I'm not the most fashionable person in the world i don't really have like a love for the clothing game um but i really appreciate when i do see nice clothes and i especially appreciate like now a lot of um clothing creators have are going into the realm of um self-help on their clothes so like putting like a positive message on their clothes um i know there's this brand shadow solo uno i think that's their name um she has this like mean ass message on all her on all her hoodies mm. about like oh your mental health does matter and stuff and that's something like I really wanted to like have a try at so um our clothing line I named it our first drop is called happiness and it's got five steps to um to like maybe develop a bit of happiness if you're not feeling too well so it's um deep breaths uh cold showers so let me double check this boy. Deep breaths, kind words, long walks, cold showers, good people—those mm. um, are like five things that I feel like if you did, if you practice, like you could be a little bit more happier. Mm. You know, um, but yeah, that's our clothing line. I named it the eighty-seven collection because I wanted it to be a collection of different modes of storytelling. You know, different avenues of telling a story. I had podcasts. now I have clothes. Um, what I want to do next, I can do, like, video, video stuff. So that's audio, visual, and um, physical stuff. Yeah, and I, I don't want it just to be me, eh? I want, like, um, like other people to come in and tell their stories in their way, Like, but just use the 827 as a way to, you know, to get into it, to get an idea of how it should be done or how it could be done, and then building from there. Mean, bro. On.
0: So the beauty about the 827 Collective... Uh, Slash collection. Yeah. Is that you're you're just very in there wanting to be out and um support that the storytelling of our people no matter yeah. what culture, what color you are is um getting put out there. So shout out you, brother. Yes, mm-hmm. Shout out you. And well alongside with talking about clothing here, my brother, we're gonna pass it over to Mr. Pityheader because he's got something for you.
1: So uh here mm. on Tutu Do, bro, we like to gift all of our guests something that's meaningful or relevant to them, bro. Mm. And uh although we don't quite have um, some inspirational stuff. I think this shirt um might help to uh connect or add to your collection, bro. So I've got a I've got a t-shirt for you here, bro. Jesus, and it's got the uh, it's got the the word nexus on it, like the um. It's a bit small. I'll find you a larger one later. <laughs> but it's uh, um, it's uh, like the words up here. Nexus is of um Latin origin, bro, and it yep. means to collect one or two uh one thing to two to another. Um and this this who you right here, this reciprocation of um conversation fuck, that sounded flash. <laughs> this um they put th- you on that uh
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that covert thing. <laughs> the yeah, um the um That's gross, man. Our uh, ability to come on to yours and to you come with us and share your knowledge, um, your manner with not only just us, um, but everybody here, bro. Um it's uh I think uh We'd be remiss if we didn't give you something that related to connectivity.
2: Uh, grateful, Z. I'm actually grateful. Eh? Mm. Um, I feel so bad for not giving you guys anything on my podcast. No, it's all good. Gave you me. water and a beer cup, um, yeah. <laughs> part of the experience at yeah. Seven Brokers That's that's the way. But yeah. but, uh, nah, I actually, was so grateful eh, um, to have like something that's so meaningful to you, fellas. Um, that could inspire me, mm. inspire whoever's out there. Very grateful.
0: And just before we switch on to a different topic and to go over the thing that I forgot whilst I was trying to say <laughs> it, is my bro. So what are the what are the beginner steps for a person to get established into the clothing industry?
2: Oh, clothing is tough. Um, I could tell you more about podcasts. Uh, yeah, clothing stuff, I'm still trying. I'm still trying to understand it and get it in. Uh, probably to, um, you know, just just get started, you know, um, don't wait for the circumstances to be right to start something. Doesn't matter if it's clothes, doesn't matter if it's anything in life, any of your passions. Don't wait until the circumstances are right. Mm. Cause life is life and the circumstances never are right. Mm. You know, they'll never be perfect. So just start start where you are, you know, start with what you can. Um don't throw the fucking kitchen sink at it. Um you know. <laughs> I <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. I'll try it. You should yeah. see my car now, so uh, downgrades brothers Downgrades <laughs> 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 So Be mindful Be mindful um, If you have the means To throw the kitchen sink at it Do so yeah, by all means yeah. um, If you don't Don't Otherwise you'll be Driving a 996 Toyota Corolla With no, no ignition Oh my Corolla <laughs> The Corolla <laughs>
1: Nah fair bro fair bro You still gotta have a sink To wash the dishes in yeah. So that's kia ora.
0: So my brother here We're just gonna transition Into another corridor. See um for me, I always knew Cook Island is Cook Island Māori. Yep. And we here what I would say, is the mainland, we are Māori as well. And I'm pretty I- ignorant for the connection between us and the Kuka Island Māori, my friend. Mm. So can you please lay it out here for us? Tell us <laughs> what are the relationships that we as New Zealand Māori and Cook Island Māori
2: have between one another. I feel like that... Um, that's funny that you call um, New Zealand the mainland. Because... Mm. Oh, I don't know if my like geography and history is right, my anthropology and stuff is correct, but there m- there may have been people living in New Zealand prior to, um, prior to what I'm about to talk about. So, in the Cook Islands, we have this place. Oh, I, d- I can't remember what it's called. Um, it might come to me, but it's where the seven vuckers of the Pacific of Polynesia set out. So that it's this massive as voyage called um, where sev- oh, seven or twelve, maybe twelve. 12 canoes or wakas or wakas as you guys call it set out from this channel in Avana in Raro and went into the Pacific and one waka ended up in the east or west coast of New Zealand uh-huh. the North Island and then like the people that were on those wakas became the native Māoris of New Zealand you know that well that that's what we be- that's what uh, I not believe that's like the stuff that I've read That's the conclusion I've come to mm. um, You can see the similarities And uh, Looks You know um, A lot of Cook Islanders do Kind of um, Resemble Māori people And um, vice versa And the most um, Common thing is language mm. um, um, New Zealand Māori greeting is kia ora Cook Island one is kia ora So where the end oh. went Is probably in the cold When they come over You know they come from the <laughs> when it's nice and warm too. Kiu can't pronounce the end because it's too cold to you. So, um, what? Yeah, that's cold bro. So, that's gold. Um, yeah. So the Cook Islands and New Zealand will always have a special connection because I think I think it's the word Maori. Yeah. So in Rara we call the natives Maoris. So. Oh, that's a Maori person. Oh, is he Maori? Yeah, he's Mm Maori. And in Raro we call New Zealand Maoris New Zealand Maoris. I think that distinction is important. If you're a New Zealand Maori, the New Zealand Maoris are the Maoris, because they are the Maoris of Aotearoa. Mm. They're the natives of New Zealand. And then the Cook Island Maoris become Cook Island Maori. But if you go to Raro, the Maoris from New Zealand become New Zealand Maori, and the Cook Island People from the Cook Island Maori from New Zealand become the Maori because mm. they're now the native of that place, mm. and I think that distinction is important, especially when figuring out the importance, not importance of like where you where you lie in society, because you got to look after your own first day. So that in New Zealand, if the Maori were just called Cook Island, the Cook Islanders were just called Maori, they'd be, um, what is it called? They'd be eligible for everything um, that comes with being New Zealand Māori and vice versa in the Cook Islands. So the distinction, important, the importance of Māori in New Zealand is more, way more important than Cook Island Māori in New Zealand and even in raru mm. So that distinction is important to make sure that the natives of this place are looked after first before people that are not native to this place. So, yeah, that that's another reason why like I think... Like, the two places are pretty close. It's that word Māori,
1: Mm. Well, even that word Māori alone, bro, as... As Teiwi we Maori we never labeled ourselves as Maori bro we yeah. were we um had hapu yeah hapu, which is the um what is known as sub tribes now, but the word Maori originally like you said bro for us it meant in a natural state something that's of natural state or a native yeah, and then once colonialism came along um a word was needed to um label uh, like a blanket label Yeah. it was the maori, but now that's that's a very interesting that's yeah that's very cool that um the stories from the Cook Island or um, at least from your knowledge, corroborates the same as well, kind of yep. solidifies the idea of that of the word Māori, bro. Yeah. Um, another thing um, you touched on briefly was those waka um, and the reason for the, um, the very similar mm. aspects like language, looks, culture, even customs. Yeah. Um, it's of my understanding from a few resources that um we when we were voyaging the Pacific Ocean that we we did make stops. Yeah. We didn't we didn't obviously float by luck to the islands. Yeah, definitely not. Oh I hate that quote.
2: Come from the greatest voyagers to ever fucking
1: Voyage exactly, well, the world. Exactly, you know, exactly. The greatest
2: navigators of all time. Exactly, yeah, bro. Where the fuck is the recognition, bro? Hard, hard Need up,
1: a bit. I don't just a, yeah, that's a little dig at uh scientists who are dogging on Māori <laughs> or indigenous knowledge. James Cook yeah. Fuck you <laughs> but yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah bro um like the Pacific the Pacific of Voyages made trips to and from, yeah. Um, where they were, uh, where they ended up in the islands, to where they came from, and we did make stops because I'm pretty sure that we were all a part of the same, uh, what do you call it? It's not a brigade; it's a, oh, the group of Waka, the same group yeah. of Waka. And we made stops in the Cook Islands, Hawaii, Rotorua, Rotorua. Rarotonga. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right <in real> baby, <laughs> all the way inland.
2: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> Rarotonga, Samoa, Tonga. All of that, and then, obviously, New Zealand Māori ended up in... A fleet. A fleet, thank you. We were fleet. all in the same fleet of waka. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah. there's there's one distinctive ancestor. This is a bit of a thing, a bit of a sidebar. Um, there's this one distinct ancestor. I don't know if you've heard of him before. His name is Tupaya. Um, yeah. And Tupaya was... Uh, I can't remember where he originated from, but he he could speak and understood all of the languages of the Pacific. Mm. So if he came to New Zealand, he could speak Māori. If he went to the Cook Islands, he could speak Cook Island Māori. If he went to Kiribati, he could speak Kiribati, blah, blah, yada, yada, Kiribas. Oh, Kiribati, he could speak Kiribati. Yeah. Um, tonga, Tongan, Samoa, Samoan. Um, and he was one of the main advisors for Captain Cook. It was Captain Cook, eh?
0: Hey? One of them, yeah. Yeah,
1: mm. he helped Captain Cook um, navigate the Pacific Islands, bro. Um... How do you think? How do you think Captain Cook got so good at getting yeah, to and yeah. from all of the islands? At a
2: Brown Prison, exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly, and also he had to have a means of communicating with all of them.
2: I know a lot of people reckon that Tupaiya was um, Pacific Island, not Maori, Pacific Island, yeah, like somewhere in the Pacific uh-huh. Island. That tells you. Um, <laughs> if I had this lecturer told me once that no social studies teacher in high school that um, Pacific Islanders have been on New Zealanders as, for as long as white people have because Tupaya was right there when James Cook was when they're meeting the the Maori chief when they have the um, when they have on the passports you yeah. know, they had that picture, that the person who recorded that was Tupaya so for as long as um, Pakeha people were in New Zealand, so so were Pacific Islanders, true so, you know, that, that's something interesting.
1: Out of it, out of it.
0: Well, mm. my my brother, um, just go off a bit of interesting and controversial corridor. Have you ever faced um? Discrimination being a kakaela Māori against, by other Māori. By other, kakaela Māori? no, nah, by other Māori from New oh, Zealand. True.
2: um, Like saying that you are not of equal to us or along that line. Nah, I haven't, personally I haven't. I think there is sort of a respect, you know, there's a respect there where like, um, they, where they realise that we're kind of the same. You know, your battles are our battles, our battles are yours You know, I'm not fighting with you We're trying to fight together to fight something bigger than this You know Um, So uh, personally I haven't No, I haven't um, witnessed any discrimination Maybe this one lady looked funny at me in Warehouse one time But (laughs) if I was a little white lady I'd look at a big black dude like that too (laughs) I'm not going to lie Especially with my face, bro (laughs) At least you're honest (laughs)
1: Um, I'm going off. I'm going to go off there, bro. There's a lot of fact. Backla- you, you you'd call yourself pol- um someone of Polynesian descent, eh? definitely. Cool.
2: Oh, Pacific Island. Yeah. Pacific Islander. I don't want to like marginalize myself to be just being like Polynesian and your Micronesian and your Melanesian. Mm. Mm-hmm. Pacific Islander. The Pacific yeah. Islands. Yeah. yeah. Have I? I'm already a part of the Pacific Islands. Yes, we are three islands. It's
0: legit called the North <laughs> Island, South <laughs> Island, so there's,
1: Island. There's been quite a bit of. Quoted uh, or around Maori, mm. New Zealand Maori in particular, um, getting aggravated about being called Polynesian or Pacific Islanders, even though we um, have ties and debatably originated from the Pacific. Yeah. So, um, what's your what's your thoughts about that, bro? Because um, as 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 we are all of you know, we are one people. Jumping the same hurdles, fighting the same fights, maybe in different lanes, but we're running yeah. the same race, right? um what, d- what do you think about people who are of the Pacific, yeah, but don't like to identify, it? not identify. It. like the main corridor is I'm not from the Pacific or I'm not Polynesian, I'm Maori, yeah. What's your corridor around there?
2: Um, I think that's fair as well. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, that's fair. When I take like. Being put into these borders of the Pacific, you're from the Pacific, you are um, Polynesian, you're Micronesian, you're Melanesian. It takes away from your, what is it called? It takes away from who you are as a person, who you feel like you are. Your identity. Yeah, your identity. And I understand that why people say that. Because these borders of, like I was saying Polynesian, yeah, those are... Right, the imaginary lines created on maps Mm. by people who don't understand our culture, you know. Um, I'm happy to say that I'm Pacific Islander because that it's inclusive of all the people in the Pacific. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, Or I'm from the Pacific Islands, uh, but I don't have a problem with people who say that they're not because that's, I understand that because it takes away from, like, who you are. Mm. if someone asks you, oh, you must be Pacific Island, you be like, nah, I'm Cook Island. Or like, nah, I'm New Ayan, Or nah, I'm Tuvaluan, you know. Um, and I feel like if people ask you that, if you're from the Pacific Islands or if you're Polynesian, that and, they, and you tell them, I reckon that you should always tell them, um, no, no, I'm not just that. I'm from here, mm. like exactly from there. Because who are they to tell you that, who are they to like marginalize you into these like imaginary lines that they feel like they've been taught? So yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it because mm. it takes away from your identity. But I tell them in like respectfully because eh? there are people that won't
1: understand. They uh, won't understand like um, geography. Yeah, pretty much. Or, or that's the government's fault. Or, for la- teaching or them, like. Um, with that being said, Fano. You aggro followers, and I know you are (laughs) too, because some of you are my (laughs) fan. just um, come across in a respectful way, yeah, and be more educating um rather than demoralizing. Oh, bro.
2: nah, if it's hostile, though, fuck, took your shit eh? here. nah, (laughs) but it's not. Yeah, yeah, if it's not, yeah, 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 nah, that's all good. I think it's it's hard. It must be harder for like New Zealand Maori people, eh? Is it to be like? It's easy for like People from like Rara and UAE and stuff To be like Oh yeah now you're Polynesian Or I'm Pacific Pacific Island It's like A bit hard for Maori people Because New Zealand's bigger that, That's mm. re- that's
0: really where The conflict comes from Yeah it's because It's They're large like, eh Yeah well yeah.
2: So we're slightly bigger Than
0: everyone else So that means We're not an island well, Yeah Well oh, then So is Australia Not an island Yeah Well oh, then <laughs> Maybe
2: taking <laughs> island <laughs> out, out of it And just be like Oh are you Pacific mm. Yeah But then Nah yeah that, Yeah it Sucks me with the Pacific well, are you from the Pacific Ocean? Yeah, somewhere in there. Yes, I am, but more, uh, more accurately, blah, 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 Yeah, right, more right, accurately, New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And more accurately than that, then, yeah. yeah, yeah, Hamilton. No, <laughs> <laughs> the Tron. <laughs> the Tron. No, you are a friend.
0: okay, my brother. And um, we're gonna we're gonna Damn, before we begin rounding up, rounding out the things, we're just gonna touch on something really lighthearted. Yeah, um, man. On your episode, you talked to us about your um, mm-hmm. your your music taste with us too, and then. You, uh, he answered you I gave a safe answer Because I'm an asshole And, uh, <laughs> and um, We just want to ask you What's your top 5 bands of all time? For all time? Or musicians
2: of all time? Somewhere in my top 5 would be Twice Ooh yeah There's no Twice? Nah <laughs> K-pop group Oh Yeah okay. little K-pop girls group Bad But I got into them hard out When I was in year 12 Yeah Failed NTA level 2 I almost failed NCA level 2 Because of them <laughs> I was addicted to it, but it's addicting. I don't know why. Um, oh, four would be Chance. Mm. Three, um, I've got a couple. Ah, oh, Teaks would be somewhere in there. Yeah, I love Teeks, Eh. Um, one would be J Cole. Yeah, one is J Cole. The other, the other four are like up and down. Like it doesn't matter where. Oh, and J Cole's your number one. Yeah. Okay. Two, I'd put two BTS. Mm. So wow. now i say that about BTS bro. Yeah, brother.
0: Well <laughs> <laughs> shoulders yeah, brother. You better say oh. it. Otherwise if that clip goes on Twitter, you're gonna get roasted yeah, by everywhere. Nah, BTS, <laughs> I Love it's them. <laughs> so right. good
2: taste. Wow. But I, I have like, yeah, like people probably can tell from the list, but I've like got a range of different things, bro. I'd listen to anything that sounds good. Uh, Beethoven's um Ninth Symphony, banger G. When he does O to Joy, have you guys heard O to Joy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah Wow, so big and he done that when he was deaf. Yeah. Deaf. But like, how does that music come out of your head when you can't hear it? Not say. Eh? Crazy. Yeah, bro. But that goes so hard, eh? People used to give me shit for bopping it. I was
1: like,
0: classical
2: music
1: <laughs> bangs, tough.
2: Jeez. Yeah, so bro. tough. Can you put J. Cole at two? Yep. <gasps> Ooh. You get take Twice out. And one Ed Sheeran
0: hey!
1: The man Sheeran.
0: <laughs> The man is here To make statements So it goes Ed Sheeran 1 Jane hey. Cole 2 And then everyone goes down 1 yeah. So BTS 3 takes 4 Chance 5 Yeah Okay
2: That's Yeah bro I forgot about Ed Sheeran I love Ed Sheeran Yeah Nah it's tough dude Music is so tough dude. Yeah bro I wish I could make me I wish I had the mindful music
0: Kanye's the fucking goat And because of that We're going to Begin the round down Phase <laughs> final <fire laughs> note So as we do We ask you one of the same Four questions my brother So we're going to ask you We're going to hit you With the first one My bro What is your favourite game It could be a video game Board game
2: Sport Whatever you want What's your favourite game Monopoly
0: Ooh,
1: I haven't had that one before
2: Monopoly turns into UFC <laughs> <laughs> i seen those on happen yeah. Magic trick baby <laughs> You what? get a magic show, Monopoly, and UFC in one. <laughs> <laughs> Written for 400. Hard. Fuck off. <laughs> we still putting your money in the bank. <laughs> the banker.
1: Oh, shucks. Oh, well, moving on from that. Uh, question number two. What is your dream travel destination?
2: Travel destination? Yeah, bro. It used to be Santorini. Ooh. Ooh. Um, we got that one before, too. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to say South well eh?
0: <sighs> What, like... Um, is that like Bordeaux
2: and uh, Nissan or that? I don't know. We have Isaac is at the moment. Do you know Isaac John? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh fuck. Up. Oh Isaac John. He's uh he should play footy, but he's from Tokoro. Uh <laughs> But he played footy over in Oz NRL, and he started the YK Tia. Oh, he started YK Tia. You know the rules? Have you heard of them? Uh they're like a they're a clothing brand. Uh they're quite popular over in Australia, especially with um like around the footy scene. Yeah. And but he's like my biggest fucking idol there. Oh, I love him, you know. It's a bit weird sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but he's uh, he's hey, currently like he's we like traveling. The weird. Yeah, he's traveling Europe, and he was in the south of France with one of um, his mates that played NRL as well. Yeah, but um, yeah, fuck, it's it's cool. Like, he inspires me because like the kid from Toke, you know, Cook Island kid from Toke. Yeah, bro, from humble beginnings. Yeah, so. did he
0: go to Montpellier?
2: Fuck anyone Montpellier? that speaks anyone that speaks French. Don't. Me on yeah, that. don't add us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know, but it was the south of France, and it was exactly like it was exactly like Santorini, but um, the houses were like a bit older, mm. and like the houses look like, oh boy, it's just like this picture that I have of ancient Greece. Eh? Have you played um, Assassin's Creed? Yeah. yeah. The the one where they go to or- the island Odyssey. Odyssey yes. oh, It's so tough duty. The landscapes And I've always had this image Of like ancient Greece uh. And Santorini kind of looks like Modern day Greece uh, Swimming pools and shit But But this one town That he took a picture at It was like Rugged houses mm. But inside is nice Just outside the architecture was just like cold Old as fuck yeah. it. I was like I wanna be there You know Ah oh, cause there's There's
1: so much Hidden culture Boy. In the Greek culture That we don't know about Man. bro Oh Nah Fat that's bad. But cool. yeah, South of France, baby,
0: beautiful. Next part, brother for future, uh, for aspiring news reporters, rugby players, <laughs> uh, clothing line enthusiasts, podcasters—you name it. What you have, give us your advice, brother. Show us. What do you think they should know?
2: Um, I think everybody should know that uh, life is short. You know, mm. life is not meant to be seen on Instagram stories. Read through books. It's meant to be live. Get the fuck out there and live it. Oh,
1: that's some tough advice, <laughs> bro. Very wonderful brother. Um, and the uh the final question, bro. Do you have any shout outs at all? Friends, family, colleagues, fucking aunties and uncles, whoever you want, bro. Shout them oh, out
2: Oh big shout out to my mistress for dropping me off here today. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, The Brothers at the eighty seven collection. Oh, sorry, the brothers at um Seven Brokers Avenue. Uh, Logan, Geordie, Oscar, um, Francis Doesn't live there but he's always around And <laughs> Conrad, Conrad now uh, But grateful so much for, for you guys' help um, Helping me send them to New Zealand It's been two years now, oh one and a half years Um, Wish I could give more back to you than you deserve I uh, usually never know the um, m- much of love I got for you Uh, Shout out to you And play the eighty-seven collection you uh, Follow us on the eighty-seven collection. Uh, we're on Spotify, all major podcasting oh. apps, um, Apple Podcasts. What else? iHeartRadio. Uh, don't ask me how we got on this. <laughs> <laughs> iHeartRadio and um, especially on Instagram. We have a Twitter feed, but I don't really go there. I don't know how to use Twitter, but especially Instagram. Eighty-seven uh, dot collection. Mean. Uh, grateful for the follows. Grateful for the brothers for having me on today. Um, and
1: we mean that, bro. 827 Collection. Give the brother some aroha. He's been
0: on. Yeah. He's going to be a leader in the future. No. Oh, babe, Leaving Legis. his trail. Legis down a prison. dark alley. <laughs> 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 well, my brother. My brother, fine. I can't believe it. We've had another wise individual mm. once again coming here and spit us some knowledge. And we appreciate it, brother. Thank you for coming on, my bro. Yeah, bro. and. I just wanna ask you brother before we fully close off, when you introduce yourselves, you
2: say play that fucking intro. But now my brother, I want you to please say play that fucking outro. Uh, it's two to the podcast here, it's been a pleasure, been an honor. Before we leave it though, let's roll that fucking outro, baby. Please.
0: That's fine, that's Steen, I'm Kraven. Two to the ult, my walk out Tina! Tina Homie, we are
1: later team.